This is the England Rugby Game Developers Podcast. The Game Developers Podcast Series is here to support the England Rugby Developer Workforce with our training course delivery to referees, coaches and volunteers. I'm David Fraser, Training and Workforce Development Manager at England Rugby. This is the second episode of the Game Developers Podcast where I talk to Phil Kearns, National Coach Development Manager. In this episode, we discuss the changes to the tackle height and what this means for how we now need to think differently about how we train coaches to coach the tackle and the ball carrier. We hope you enjoy this conversation. The Game Developers podcast series is here to support the England Rugby Developer Workforce with our training course delivery to referees, coaches and volunteers. In this series, we'll have in-depth discussions about topics related to our training courses that we hope in turn will have a positive impact on your tutoring. I'm David Fraser, Training and Workforce Development Manager at England Rugby. This is our second conversation with Phil Kearns, National Coach Development Manager at England Rugby. In this episode with Phil, we are going to focus the discussion on the changes we've made to the tackle height and how we, as developers, need to take the opportunity on courses to change how coaches are thinking about the tackler and the ball carrier and how we can help coaches explore the opportunities these changes could bring for the broader game. So, Phil, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. I'm sure people listening are well aware that there have been changes this season to the tackle and to the ball carrier, but it might be helpful first to remind listeners about the primary reasons for these changes. So can you can you share that with us, Phil? Yeah, definitely. Um, the primary reason is, is really simple. It's player welfare um, was, was driving the, the change. So uh, the data and the research uh, studies that were, were out there and being provided via World Rugby and our chief medical officers, um, along with our player welfare manager, um, the data uh, was, was telling us um, that we needed to look at how we could reduce the number of, of concussions within the community game. And what uh, what was clear and abundant to everyone was that the most dangerous high-risk event was head-on-head contact, um, and that that was the area that we went um, we went to look and reduce the most. Um, so, by to do that, the obvious change to do was supposed to lower the tackle height from uh, what was armpit within the within the age grade game and the shoulder within the adult community game uh, to below the base of the sternum. And what about the changes for the ball carrier? I think these are the ones that perhaps get overlooked a bit in the whole um, furore, if you like, about lowering the tackle height. What about these uh, changes to what the ball carrier's responsibilities are? Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. It's something that definitely gets gets uh, not picked up on as much within within the, the, this debate and discussion around tackle height. Um, the ball when you lower the tackle height. What you have to recognise is that with it being a dynamic action with two players involved, an attacker and a defender, if we don't put some restrictions on the ball carrier, going back to the original purpose of why we're doing this, which was to reduce the number of head-on-head collisions, we then don't have anything stopping the ball carrier from dropping their body height to create those head-on-head collisions, even if we've lowered the tackler body height. So effectively, uh, and this is one of the reasons... uh, around the the championship study that we did uh, back in 2018, I think it was, 
was that play we there was um the evidence from that was that the tackle height was getting lower but the ball carriers were getting lower as well um and what that led to was actually head-on-head collisions because the ball carrier was dropping their body height in line with where the defender was so we had some learning from that as well uh, as well as sort of recognizing that you you know learning from other countries such as France around some of the things that they'd done around introducing lower tackle height um so we we looked at that and it was important we recognized it was important to put something some sort of um support around what the ball carrier can can and can't do to enable this lower tackle height to have the impact that we wanted it to in reducing those head on head collisions thanks for that so we've identified this as an opportunity to change how we want coaches to think about how they coach the tackle and the ball carrier by framing it in terms of pre during and post can you explain why we've made this change? Yes, definitely. Um, so this is something that was going on. We were working on in the background anyway, before Tackle Height came in. So we've been working on this for around, around 18 months, um, looking at looking at what we might do to support better tackle practice and better tackle technique uh, within the game in England. So we've been working on this for a while. It, we sort of coincided the launch of it with, with Tackle Height. Um, because we felt it was relevant to, to help support tackle technique because there'll be more of an emphasis on coaching it and, and tackle action. So we, the pre doing and post is a way of, the tackle is quite a complex dynamic action. So what we've done is we've tried to break that down for coaches and how you may be able to, to support players in different elements of, of what they do within the, the different stages of the tackle. And also what by doing this, what we're hoping is we're also very aware that coaches players etc the demands and the load on players is getting more in and the actual opportunity to do a lot of full tackle sessions is becoming less or so how can we still train tackle action tackle technique without necessarily making full tackles and and breaking it down into these areas helped us so pre is something that we when you look at a lot of the research and the studies around the world around tackle and, and tackle why tackles uh, may lead to injury or why the tackles are missed it's often around the player's ability to get there or to what they do in the in the pre up to up to making point of contact with the player with the ball carrier should I say so we see the pre as being really really important but it's it's often not something that's been focused on or spotlighted on by by coaches so the ability for players to keep their eyes on target, understand what picture they're seeing, what creating different pictures for people to be in, um, and make decisions based on that. So can they keep their eyes on the target? Can they get close to to the ball carrier by accelerating? Can they decelerate at the right time to to drop their body height and then accelerate back through contact? So these, if we you know we've talked previously around the interconnected components model, but looking back at that game fitness, have they got the, the game fitness ability to be able to move uh, that sort of locomotion piece around stop, start, uh, adjusting body heights, etc.? How can we support players to do that whilst whilst uh, tracking a player, uh, understanding what space they're defending in as well? So what? And again, the other thing with that is who the ball carrier is would often be a thing as well. So varying who that ball carrier is to ensure that where it might stand so if we went through the process at the start of of pre for example we would look at what alignment is first so alignment again we we'd ask players to to look and scan and see what what is the picture that they're in so what space am i defending so is the players either side of me is the players 
two, three metres apart? What space am I defending? What's the ball carrier? Who is the ball carrier? What options does the ball carrier have? So what might I need to do? And that could often then determine where I start. So I might start on the inside shoulder of the ball carrier um, because I feel that I'm defending my inside I can push the defender towards the touchline, for example, the ball carry towards the touchline, for example. So I'm going to start on the inside and go across, and, and I feel that might help me track across and make a, a successful more side tackle. I might go front on because I'm defending on, you know, in a small amount of space. I've got players in the side of me. I might be square on to the, to the ball carrier. I might be on the outside shoulder of the ball carrier because I'm, it's a bigger ball carrier than I am. So it's, a, it's physically bigger. So I want to make a, a side, I'm, I'm potentially want to make a side tackle. I don't want to get square on to that player, but I've got inside support, so I might be able. To, it might benefit me to stand on the outside. So, so them things helping players understand where they're going to stand and where they're going to start. Um, again, I don't think it's something we've done a lot of um, and focused a lot on, but it is really, really important. It might be in, as we get up into into more system based defenses that people would have a system of where where they want players to start. So, yeah. but recognizing that, that there may be some differences to that as well, and then that that sort of getting close bit. So, can we accelerate? Can we decelerate um, into into the contact? When do, when do we drop our body height? And when we, one of the things we've purposely not talked about is feet close. Um. And I know there's a lot out there around things like what people are calling the FIFA tackle, where there's like a imagine there's a circle around the player and you're trying to get your feet into into that circle. We've whilst we recognise that could be a really valuable tool to aid players to get in get close and feet position is really really important. What we also recognise is that players of different sizes will drop their body at different stages, depending on what the ball, who the ball carrier is. So if I'm a tall uh, defender going against a small ball carrier, the likelihood is my feet are going to be further away when I drop my body height, because from a from a physics point of view, I just need to be further away to be able to make that contact below the base of the And that was one of the the questions we got asked a lot around introducing new tackle height, what happens with a tall player? Well, it's just an uh, adjustment of technique uh, and, and skill around that. So we would talk a lot about the foot position being get close, but the, have, letting the players explore and find out where that foot position is for them to be able to make contact in the safe and legal areas of the of the shoulder. So that's that's a really big one for us. So as I said, we're not saying, you know, don't use examples like the FIFA tackle. You, you could do, but on course for us, it would be around emphasising to coaches it's not a one-size-fits-all model. And if you're coaching the FIFA tackle, for example, be aware that that might not be supporting some of the players in, in some of the situations that they will be in. So try and stay more generic around it's get close. What does it feel like? Help the player get what does it feel like for them to be able to to uh, understand when to drop their body height, whereabouts from the player and explore that within training. I mean, you've just talked about a huge amount there around the pre-phase um, that we probably haven't discussed ever on a course with with coaches before. So when we think about how we are encouraging coaches to deliver the tackle now, there's a huge amount more for them to consider. Um What's our real rationale for making them want to think more specifically about that pre-phase? We we generally believe if we get the if you get the pre-phase right, 
the, the German and post uh, just take care of themselves. So often we spend a lot of time on that during bit. And actually, if we can sp probably need to spend more time on the pre, because the pre is the, is the really important part of, if you think about what you do before you, before you make that shoulder contact, it's it's like we've just talked about, like you said, it's scanning, it's tracking the player, it's it's work, it's making decisions, it's constantly making decisions uh, from an ever moving picture in front of you, and that's the challenge with the tacklers. It's a very dynamic action, so creating lots of opportunity, and um, it's transfer as well, Dave. So making sure that we're we're training pictures that players will see in a game. So often tackle practice might look quite static in terms of it might be 1v1 in a small channel for example just to to practice technique but actually what we see is that the picture is not presenting the representing the picture that players often see within a game and how can we do that and there's there's lots within that but just thinking more around how we can spend a lot more time on that pre-element to make sure that players are used to accelerating decelerating because that's really really important as well around being able to adjust your body height to be in those safe and legal areas, being in control. So one of the things that we've taught that coaches would have talked a lot about previously in pre would be line speed. So shut the space down, which is, which is, yeah, definitely you want to shut space down. Don't let them get, but we have to be in control of that. We have to be able to still be able to move our bodies uh, as a defender to react to the picture in front of us. So we're still making tackles in the safe and legal area. Um, and, now more so than ever that's important so how do we regulate that acceleration deceleration and then we accelerate through the contact yeah great so so what we're saying is your point there if we get the pre right we're, we're more likely to uh create a a group of players who make uh, much more effective tackles but also it will have a significant impact on player safety both for tackler and ball carrier yeah, definitely. And it links back to what we talked about earlier. The the beauty of doing a lot of the pre-work as well is it doesn't always have to be full tackles. You don't always have to complete the tackle. So you can get to the point of shoulder contact um, and not taking players to ground, which can be really beneficial. So you can it's something you can work on um, you know, all year round really in terms of in terms of developing that. And and for those tutors listening who have uh, delivered on a New England Rugby Coaching Award this year, they will see uh, what that change looked like because there are a lot fewer full tackles completed on the course in how we're modelling the uh, pre-phase um, to them on two coaches on courses. Yeah. Um, when we think about the the ball carrier, what types of uh, things are we looking to see? Uh, us developing coaches in how they coach the ball carrier now? Similar to um, the the tackle, I guess, we've, we've split that down into into three elements or two to three elements, should we say, depending on what where you coach the game. So we know that ideally Erka is designed for people coming out of that kid's first age group, but we know we do get some coaches uh, who come on who are still working within that. But we talk about three areas, so footwork, fight and fend so three f's um and what we've tried to do is again break that down into what that might look like for for a ball carry and how we're how we're coaching that so footwork or feet footwork whatever you want to call it is about 
are we as a ball ca- encouraging the ball carrier to make movements and adjustments to beat the defender to look to get to a shoulder of a defender? So uh, making sure that there's footwork taking place before we're not just running straight into a into a tackle uh, and into a defender. So can we use footwork to to create opportunity to get in between uh, defenders to get on an outside shoulder of a defender or an inside shoulder of a defender? So can we use footwork first and foremost? If we've used footwork and we've, we've, we're in contact, can we use what we would call leg drive or can we use whatever it is to fight to, 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 to enable go forward? Because ultimately going back to the principles of play that we would have discussed on course, referencing that footwork and fight is around us getting go forward uh, as, a, as, a, as an attacker. So can we fight, can we leg drive through that contact or fight to get to floor? So can we keep the ball moving and, and fight to get to floor? And then fend obviously is is within that. So can we use uh, a fend to to push off a ball carry? Now we know that we can't use a fend below under twelves, so we'd have to reference that on on course. But can we use a fend to be able to ball transfer, move the ball away from the defender, use a hand to fend off? And we believe that by lowering the tackle height, the fend might become more more of an option as an attacker because the ball uh, the tackler might be dropping their body height a little bit earlier, uh, yeah. as we've spoke about. So the fend might become more prevalent within the game. So are we training that to? It's one of, again um, one of the skills of ball transfer, ball manipulation, ball transfer. Do we do enough of that in our training to help our players be able to manoeuvre the ball in contact and use fend uh, to get through? So very similar to the to the tackle, really. Just looking at can we get some footwork? Can we get a fend away and, and this fighting for that leg drive, or to maybe get to floor to to uh, continue with continuity? and keep the ball moving or to, to make a pass, etc. You started to reference a couple of things there that look to me like uh, opportunities for coaches to start thinking differently about how they coach the game because of the change in the, in the tackle height. Um, what sort of opportunities do you see possibly existing now that wouldn't have existed last year that we can help coaches understand uh, when they come on to the... Uh, uh, coaching award and the advanced coaching award. I think I think one of the when you go through such a big change like we have um, with with tackle height in terms of you know the, what what it meant in terms of the game engagement etc. Because we've, what we've ended up doing is talking a lot about defence, and yeah. we've not talked a lot about the opportunities in attack because we've spent so much time talking about what it means defensively. The opportunities in in attack for me would be around just how do we keep the ball moving like there's so much more opportunity now i believe and from the games i've watched since from the start of the season to to keep the ball moving whether that's pre during or post <laughs> for want of a better phrase contact yeah. so what does that look like so the opportunities to to practice with players can they can they get passes away in contact now because the the height of the the contact is is lower, but the, so the ball might be above the defender, so you've still got options to make a pass. Can we utilise our footwork to support differently? You know, if a, if a ball carrier is, if a tackler is a little bit lower, what does our support lines look like now? How do we support differently? Um, rather than just going in from a, for a carry, for example. So lots of opportunity around how we might want to play the game, how we might look to emphasise just keeping the ball moving. So can we keep... You know, continuity linked to the principles of play can be just retaining possession. But if we change how we look at continuity from retaining possession to keeping the ball moving, 
Uh, I think that that would be a positive way of framing things for coaches. So can we can we keep the ball moving? Ultimately, we know there will be times when the ball gets stopped and a breakdown happens, etc. But can we keep the ball moving? What are the opportunities? If the tackler is lower, when we actually go to ground, is there more opportunity to pop the ball off the floor now than there was previously? All those things we need to, I think, we need to start to explore and understand exactly what the game is telling us and what feedback we're getting from the game now. Now that the tackle is a bit lower, and how we might—that's something we're looking at within our department now around how we might support coaches to see that once we once we have a better understanding of what it looks like. But the coaches that are out there practicing it now, give them opportunity, encourage them to go and explore what does what opportunities are out there around that attack. Because I think yeah, we have probably been because of that we've been so focused on defence, we've probably missed an opportunity with attack. Uh, and it seems to me like the work that you just referenced there that that your team uh, are doing examining uh, what comes from the game we're going to have you know thousands of coaches um going through this award this year who are experiencing it for the first time it looks like it would be a really great opportunity for us to um explore with those coaches what that is as they move through the course and into day 2 when there's more games based coaching uh, on the course yeah Definitely, just just thinking about it from, like I said, just maybe changing that mindset from where they are. Yes, we know, and it's pretty. We know people coming on here because you know they get to tackle stuff at the start, and there's a lot in there for them, and there's a lot for them to to think about and 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 practice. But just going away with that little seed around, but what opportunities does it look at like on the other side of the ball? I think can really help them over them the coming months in between day one and day two. There's an opportunity for our uh, tutors to, you know, create that spark in those coaches to start thinking about uh, exploring, experimenting, and then coming back through the webinar series in the spring and then into day two when we can talk about it a bit more, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, thanks very much for that, Phil. That's been a great look at that uh, topic um, and how it, uh, interacts with the course and what tutors can do to help coaches think about it more than just as you said there at the end more than just defense um so that's a really useful um uh, look at that topic uh, if uh, uh, as a tutor you're interested in more content around the tackle height please check out the ingham rugby tackle height hub and we'll leave a link to that in the podcast notes uh, but thanks again, Phil. It's been a, it's been a fantastic look at that uh, topic, and thank you for listening to the England Rugby Game Developers Podcast. Cheers, Dave.